Well, good morning. Happy Easter, Countryside Christian Church. Are you ready for a comeback? Doesn't everybody really love a great comeback story? I remember when I was much younger watching Michael Jordan. And uh, Michael Jordan, maybe you remember, he was uh, leading the Chicago Bulls and uh, they won three championships. They won three championships in a row. And then Michael Jordan, he kind of steps out and retires. Uh, maybe you remember that he comes back and all of a sudden the Chicago Bulls win three more championships. Don't you love a great comeback story? Maybe you remember a, uh, a lady way back in September of uh, uh, 2013, a lady by the name of Dinah Nyad. Uh, she was the first person, she was the first f female ever to swim from Cuba to Florida. She tried over and over and over again, but she had a few setbacks along the way. She had setbacks like uh, uh, multiple jellyfish stings. She had setbacks that were like uh, lightning strikes. She tried over and over and over again until eventually she became the first person ever to do that and overcome such gigantic obstacles. Uh, maybe you remember somebody called Bethany Hamilton. Remember Bethany Hamilton? Bethany Hamilton was a, uh, a young lady uh, and she was in the, uh, she was from Hawaii and uh, she was a surfer. And uh, while she was out surfing one day, uh, literally a shark swims by, bites off her arm. And you would think if it was, uh, you know, you and me, uh, maybe we'd say to ourselves, I'm just not going to go surfing anymore. I'm not getting back in the ocean. A shark just bit off my arm. Bethany Hamilton went on to be a championship professional surfer. I want to read you something maybe you don't know about a guy named Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln, he grew up poor, he failed twice in business ventures, he suffered a nervous breakdown, lost when running for Congress, lost twice when running for Senate, he lost when running as vice president, all before becoming the 16th president of the United States. That's a great comeback. You know, uh, today, uh, around the world, and especially in America, I think we are all ready for a great comeback story. What do you think? We are all attracted to comeback stories because in our lives, often we need a comeback story. God knows this. God's a creator of the comeback story. In fact, the Bible is one long comeback story filled with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of other comeback stories. It's filled with stories of ordinary people who are able uh, to accomplish extraordinary things beyond themselves. It's filled with people who experience more difficult things than anyone thinks they should ever have to ever try to endure or overcome. And nevertheless, God allowed them to have a comeback. Here's what I can tell you. The Bible is filled with comeback stories. There's guys like uh, Joseph. We talked about him a couple of weeks ago. Here's a guy that his brothers sell him into slavery. And you go on and read that story. And Joseph's story is just a giant comeback story. In the New Testament, we see that uh, Jesus encounters a woman 
And this woman had uh, many different husbands and most likely was a prostitute and had a very difficult life. Uh, yet her story, after she encounters Jesus, her story is a comeback story. There's guys like David and Job and Peter and Paul, all of them filled with comeback stories. Here's what we know about them. For some of those people, the mess that they got themselves into, it was really, it was their own fault. They did things they just never should have done. For other people, it was circumstances well beyond their control. Uh, they were just kind of going through life and all of a sudden life throws them a curveball and they find themselves in a very dark place and they're desperately looking for a comeback. We love a good comeback story. And when we encounter Jesus, we can come back. So do you believe that God is rooting for you? Is he on your side? Is he interested in you? Is he rooting for you? Is he pulling for you? Uh, here's one of the jobs that I have and uh, I've had it for the last several years is uh, I am a uh, behind the wheel driving instructor uh, for driver's education. I don't teach the driver's education class. I'm the guy that sits in the passenger seat and uh, teaches kids how to drive. And uh, everybody that uh, I work with, they all know that uh, the students get in, they're 14-year-olds, and uh, they get in there and they know that on the sixth drive, the last drive, I'm going to be sitting there and my notebook is going to be open and I'm going to have my pen in my hand and I'm going to be making little hashtags as I go through and I am testing them. They know and they know it's the last drive and so their knuckles are all white and they're sweaty and they're scared because they know they really, really, really want to pass the test. Is that your view of God? You feel like that God is, he's really not rooting for me. He's trying to fail me, kind of observing me and watching me. And, and that he's almost like Santa Claus. He knows when I've been a naughty and nice. And he's, he's just simply out observing me. Here's another question that I have for you. What is your perception of God? Can you describe the perception that you might have of God? And, and maybe uh, right now you're watching this and you're thinking to yourself, I'm I'm not even really sure if I do the whole God thing. Uh, the only reason I'm watching this is because maybe somebody in the family has said, well, it's Easter and, and we've got to watch a video. And, and uh, maybe you're kind of uh, not real sure. Well, can you tell me the perception that you have of, of the God that you're not even really sure if it does exist or he does exist? Um, is your perception maybe that uh, he's angry or detached or judgmental or he's not fun? Is that the view that maybe you have? I want you to know something. If I had that view of God, I wouldn't be interested in that God either. Here's what I can tell you. Please allow me to tell you about the God that is in the Bible. To better understand the God of the Bible, uh, we do well to understand what Jesus had to say. In the book of John, chapter 10, verse 30, uh, Jesus makes this statement. He says, I and the Father are one. Uh, that means if you really want to understand who is God and what's God all about and what's God look like, uh, we do well to understand who Jesus is. Are you familiar with Jesus' story? Let me give you some highlights. Uh, Jesus shows up on the scene, and really, he's an underdog. Uh, Jesus, uh, uh, he's born into a poor family. Uh, after he's born, we know that they literally have to take him, and they, they lay him down in a barn. 
And uh, we know that uh, he grows up in a small town that has a bad reputation. Uh, we know that his family doubted him. We know that the religious uh, leaders hated him. Uh, we also know these things about Jesus's life, that he was falsely accused, that he was uh, wrongly convicted, that he was beaten, that they hung him on a cross and he was murdered. Uh, Jesus' life uh, really doesn't sound like this a great example of the kind of life that uh, somebody uh, might want to follow in the footsteps of. And some of you can, you can identify to that so well. Some of you, even right now, you feel like your life is just kind of hanging on by a thread. Maybe there are no paychecks coming into your home. Uh, maybe there is someone in your home that's uh, they're very ill right now. Maybe your, your children are not doing very well. Some of you can relate to the story of Jesus' life. There's others of you right now, and uh, it's more difficult to relate to that because there are paychecks that are coming into your home. Everyone in your family is doing just fine. Your children are healthy, and everything is going really, really well for you. Well, for those of you that everything is going very well for right now, I just want you to kind of pause and think and, and maybe in your mind's eye, you're kind of looking around because here's something that probably you know is true. You're probably not going to make it all the way through this life without facing some really steep adversity. Every single one of us is going to go through life and we're going to experience something at some point in time in our life that is just going to bring us to our knees then what are you going to cling to? Then what are you going to hang on to? What is going to pull you through that difficult time? I would just like to suggest that you would learn how to hang on to and cling to Jesus. I, I want you to know this. Today is Easter, and all around the world, millions and millions and millions of people are celebrating Jesus comeback story. Uh, Jesus was in fact arrested. Uh, he was put on trial. It was a phony trial. It was a made up trial. Uh, there's even people that were involved with the trial that wanted to wash their hands of it and move away from all of it. But the crowd demanded that Jesus would be crucified. And in fact, they got their way. They were able to arrest Jesus, falsely accuse Jesus. Uh, they beat Jesus. They put a crown of thorns on him. Uh, they nailed him to a cross. They propped that uh, cross up, and Jesus died on that cross. They put him in a grave. And three days later, Jesus walked out of that grave. And today, millions and millions of people all around the world are celebrating the fact that Jesus came back from the dead and that he is alive today and that he is in heaven. Jesus came back from the grave. Listen to this. Jesus laid down his life so that you might have a new life. Jesus came back so that you can have a comeback in your life. Whether failure or setback or guilt or shame or embarrassment, none of the things that happened to Jesus were accidental. None of the things that happened uh, to Jesus were without purpose and intention. And Jesus lived his life so that we could study who he is. He lived his life so we can better understand who God is. And Jesus came back to life. 
maybe you're hearing this and you're thinking, do you really want me to believe that Jesus was dead and he came back to life? Yes, that's exactly what I want you to believe. Jesus came back to life. I like facts. I like evidence. Uh, usually if I'm going to make a repair or fix something, I'm going to watch a couple of YouTube videos. I'm going to maybe read a little bit of a report because I want to know that what I'm getting into is the real deal. Did you know that's exactly the approach that the Apostle Paul took? He says, I believe with everything that I am that Jesus came back from the dead. In fact, this is what you know, the way he says it. We read about it. In the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 15, here's what the Apostle Paul says. He says, And if Christ has been raised then, and, and if Christ has not been raised, and if Christ has not been raised, then all our preaching is useless, and your faith is useless. And we apostles would all be lying about God, for we have said, God raised Christ from the grave. The Apostle Paul is saying, I'm all in on this. He goes on in verse 17 and he says, And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless. And you are still guilty of your sins. We don't really have a Savior. Verse 18, he says, In that case, all who have died believing in Christ, they're lost. Verse 19, he says, And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. It is as if the Apostle Paul is sitting down at the table and he takes all of his chips and he pushes them into the center of the table and he's saying, I'm betting all I have on the fact that Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead. So Jesus really did raise from the dead. He really did. And maybe what's going through your mind right now is uh, it takes a lot of blind faith to believe that. And I would say you're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, the truth is, is that every single person, you and me, we all live by blind faith every single day. In fact, it's impossible not to. Um, think about it this way. It requires as much blind faith to say that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the real deal as it does to say, I don't believe that the resurrection of Jesus Christ took place. Here's the truth. You don't have a time machine and I don't have a time machine. There is no DeLorean out there with a flux capacitor in it that uh, some way we can jump in it and go back to prove or confirm that Jesus Christ raised from the dead. It requires blind faith. Now, you might say, I'm really not much of a person of faith. Sure you are. What is faith? Faith is trust. And everybody trusts something 
We are all a people of trust. Therefore, everyone is a person of faith, blind faith. Now, let me ask you, recently here, have you ordered any food from a restaurant anywhere? Have you went and picked that up or had it delivered? Have you went and got gas in your car? Uh, did you touch the little keypad on your pin uh, to enter in your pin? In blind faith, you are absolutely trusting that there was nothing wrong with that food and there was nothing on that touchpad that was going to make you ill. Blind faith. You ever flown on an airplane? Before you flew on the airplane, did you go and interview the inspector? And did you say, uh, did you skip anything on the checkoff list before we flew? Or how do you know that the, the mechanic that wasn't, was going through the checklist, he didn't look at that and go, ah, oh, yeah, well, we'll get to that one next time. You, you don't know. You flew on that plane in blind faith. Uh, maybe you're at home and uh, right now you're sitting on a chair. You didn't build that chair. Uh, you never had a structural engineer look at that chair. You just plopped down all your weight on it, and in blind faith, you said, this thing's going to hold me up. What's going to hold you up when you go through a difficult time? I would fully suggest that you put your trust in Jesus. Take religion out of it. Religion isn't about blind faith. Faith is about trusting in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ wants to know you. He wants to be involved in your life. He wants you to put your trust in him. Here's the truth. You trust something. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe you trust the Bible. Maybe you trust that Jesus Christ raised from the dead. Maybe you don't. Maybe you trust a friend. Maybe you watched a video and you trust that. Maybe you read a blog and you trust that. Maybe you trust yourself and no one else or nothing else. Let me ask you, when you go through a difficult time, how well is that going to work? Jesus Christ wants you to fully believe that he is the Jesus of comebacks and that he can pull you through anything that you are going through and ultimately he will pull you out of this life and he will welcome you into the next, into the kingdom of God, into heaven where he will greet you with open arms. Jesus wants you to trust him. Jesus loves you. And Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And Jesus says, there is a way that you can enter into a friendship with him. Jesus talks about baptism. In the book of Matthew, he says that we're to go and make disciples, and that we're to teach people about Jesus, and that we're to baptize them in, to, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If you've never been baptized, I would encourage you to reach out to someone you know at your church. Maybe it's right here at Countryside Christian Church and you can just send Laura uh, the secretary an email and just say, I need to know more about this baptism thing. And we'll be glad to make that happen. Jesus loves you. He is the king of comebacks. And he wants you, if you've been away from him, to come back to him. And for those of us that know him, he wants us to go out and spread the news that Jesus is the king of comebacks.
mercado, Márcio. 